Welcome to another episode. Today I'm going to be talking about a very common area of concern with people who have working dogs as puppies. And it is, you know, is puppy biting acceptable? Should I correct that? Should I leave it alone? And there is certainly a lot of good information out there. But what happens is when good information reaches the wrong ears... Now you have interpretation. And if I give you some good, solid advice, but you are maybe kind of new at this, or maybe you don't understand the position uh, of where this advice is coming from, now we're leaving it up to you to interpret the good advice and potentially interpret it in the wrong manner. So the perception of the good advice could taint the intention of the original advice. So that's what I'm going to be going over. Uh, it's not black and white. It's not, no, you should never let your working puppy bite you. And it's not, yes, you should always let your working puppy bite you anywhere, anytime. Um, and that's what a lot of the advice seems to sound like. It seems to be one of those black and white things. You know, like I get messages and I just recently got one which prompted me to make this episode, which is, you know, the message is somewhere along the lines of, you know, I just got this working dog and uh, I've heard, you know, people tell me that I that that it should be like this, but my experience with a previous working dog was different and the dog turned out to be all right. So what what is it? Why is it that this advice doesn't apply to, you know, what I have seen and what I have experienced? And why is it that this person says with conviction that it should be done this way and this person says with conviction it should never be done this way? So that's what I'm going to be addressing in this episode. And um, and we're going to, you know, open it up to the different uh, the di- different reasons as to why you know, it's not black and white, why it could be a gray area, why what you've heard from one person, uh, why that has some valid points to it, and why what you heard from somebody else, completely different, why that might also have some valid points to it. All right, so first, I just wanted to let you guys know, give you a little bit of an update. I've been extremely busy, with, and who isn't, right? Everybody's busy. Uh, I completely understand this. If you're listening to this episode, you're probably driving and listening. You're probably at work, uh, taking a little bit of time and listening. So I know we're all busy. Uh, I've been uh, I've been doing a lot. I'm very very happy with the level of activity that I have. Uh, I'm working on two additional books at the moment. So I have four out on the market right now. And I got two that I'm currently working on. One I'm actively working on. The other one is pretty much done. It's just going through the editing uh, and illustration process. So super pumped about that. Uh, I have a uh, an online membership for exclusive content. I'm adding content to that weekly. Um, you know, I've been like off a week here and there, but it is pretty much on a weekly basis. I'm adding new content on there. I remember I also have the uh, the the working dog uh, course, which covers from puppyhood and how to select the right puppy and what to do with that puppy. All of that is in dogtrainingismypassion.com. The course is just a one-time purchase. The online membership is a monthly, it's a low monthly fee. And there's a lot of content on there already from e-collar training to... Um, 
to some protection work, uh, obedience training, and obviously I'm adding more and more to that as well. Uh, pet training also, I'm putting some stuff on there as well. Uh, the app, it's something that uh, that I'm working on currently. The app originally, my goal was to have it done by the end of the year, but this is something that is going to take a lot longer than that. It actually, it's something that I underestimated. Uh, I thought it would take less time. Turns out developing an app is incredibly expensive. I knew this. I had an idea. Um, but it's a lot more expensive than I originally expected. Uh, but you know, went ahead and committed anyway. And uh, it is taking a, a, a decent dent out of, uh, <laughs> out of our finances on a monthly basis. But the end goal is just, I think it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to definitely add value to the, to the marketplace. So I'm really excited about that. And no, it will not be done this year. It, it might not even be done for like another year. Um, but stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for the two books that are coming up. Um, I think the, the two books that I'm working on right now are, are definitely going to add a whole lot of value to, um, you know, to, to dog trainers, even dog owners. So uh, I'm also, one of those books is a collaboration as well. So I am getting collaboration from, from people in the industry. I'm not going to give too much detail yet. But I just want to let you know it's going to be awesome. So stay tuned and you'll see it coming out. Hopefully the books will be ready by the end of the year. Um, but anyways, let's go back into the episode. So puppy biting, is that acceptable or not? So let's go over the, the two different answers. And I, I know I briefly covered this inside of a different topic, a different episode. But I'm going to dedicate the entire episode to this. So when we're talking about working puppies, right, working dogs, biting, we're talk we're typically talking about the herding breeds. We're not talking about your your neighbor with their golden retriever puppy that they just got, or you know your your cousin with their uh, doodle that they got from a puppy mill, um, or you know your other friend who maybe rescued a, a puppy at a young age from a rescue organization. We're not talking about that. Those dogs, yes, I mean, they'll, they will definitely get mouthy. It's just part of the, the puppy development process. All puppies are curious. They don't have hands like you and I. They have mouths. Their paws are not to investigate. See, we have hands. We investigate with our hands. And when you were a little kid, you probably touched everything. You were curious. You were new to the world and you were feeling things. Your dogs don't have that. They don't have uh, hands. They don't have their their paws are not to explore the world necessarily. But what they do have is their their mouths, their mouth, their, the whole area, the whole area of the face, is basically a big radar. Right? They're they're seeing things. They're smelling things. Right? Their sense of smell is so powerful, and uh, and it's and it's a. Um, it's it's a vehicle to explore what's around them. So their nose, right? They have their mouths. They're feeling things with their mouth. So it's not uncommon for puppies in general to be mouthy, okay? This is expected. Now, obviously, we want to address this. 
And we don't necessarily want to address it by slapping the puppy and going, stop that, you know, knock it off. Uh, we want to address it by, you know, regardless of what kind of puppy you have, we want to address it by giving the puppy uh, plenty of outlets uh, and different things where they where it is acceptable for them to put their mouths on things, right? Things like toys, toys of different textures. And my suggestion to that is I'm going to add this this caution here is if you're going to do that, supervise the puppy, okay? Puppies will eat things that are not good for them. Even if you give them a toy and you just give them a toy and then you walk away, it's not uncommon for puppies to tear these things up that you're giving them and then consume them. Now, if they consume them, now you potentially have big, big problems that could lead to surgery. It could even, it could even lead to their death. So it is important that you understand that and you're very careful with that. So with your average pet, that's where you're going to be dealing with, the occasional exploratory mouthing. Uh, and you are going to be dealing with the, uh, you know, some of the hierarchy biting. Right? You're going to deal with the puppy also getting a little bit mischievous, uh, getting to a little bit of mischief. And then, you know, when you try to pull it away, it's going to protest and it's going to bite you, right? It's just part of the development and the and the maturity process of any dog. They're going to do that. They're going to use their mouths. For your average pet, however, even if the pet owner makes a mistake and if the pet owner goes, hey, knock that off, and, you know, that took care of things, that takes care of things, and you don't hear about it again. Or if, if it does become a problem, the pet trainer or the pet owner can then go to a dog trainer now, the dog trainer doesn't even need to have a whole lot of skill, and the dog trainer can still get the message across that biting your owners and biting things and you know biting the blanket and this and that is not good. Even with even with with some skill, a dog trainer can achieve this with your average pet. With working dogs, this is when things get a little bit tricky. With working dogs, this is where now you have a lot of expert opinions. And my job here in this episode is to disseminate that information and to, to break it apart and make it so that it makes sense to you if, you if you're wondering this. With working dogs, and when I'm talking about working dogs, that's a pretty broad general brush too. You know, you got working dogs that, uh, that do scent detection. You got working dogs that do search and rescue. You got working dogs that do this and that. Um, now, my area of um, of focus, one of my big areas of focus is protection training. So this is where I hear a lot of it. So with protection training, right here is the concern that you hear is you got this puppy for protection work. So this puppy has been bred with certain tendencies, particularly herding breeds. I'm not talking so much about the off breeds like the Corsos and the, or the Pressas. Um, you know, I'm talking about particularly the herding breeds because you're going to see it a lot more in those. I'm talking about your Dutch Shepherds, your Malinois, your German Shepherds. Um, those are the main ones. And yes, you got Grandols, and yes, you're going to have Tervernes. Um I'm not talking about those, although this is very applicable to them as well. They're also herding breeds, okay? Typically, you're, you're, you're hearing about this, especially with the Malinois and the Dutch Shepherds and the German Shepherds too, but the Malinois and the German Shepherd puppies, if you ever step into a pen with a bunch of uh, 
um, you know, five-week-old, four-week-old Malinois puppies, you're getting bit everywhere. Like, you're getting bit. You just, you're going to, it's like Velcro. doesn't matter what you're wearing. Even if you're wearing shorts, they're going to be latching onto anything, any piece of skin. If it moves, they're going to put their mouths on it. So if you have seen this, you know what I'm talking about. If you have experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. So if I get one of those puppies, and obviously my goal to get it, if I'm doing this responsibly, is for it to be a working dog. Well, if I get this as a working dog, um, and I get it at seven weeks of age, eight weeks of age, now I have this puppy as a, you know, as a working dog. Working dog has been bred with certain tendencies, and the end goal is for this puppy to do protection work, to, to, to do bite work as it matures. So as I get that puppy, I'm going to get people that are going to tell me, uh, you know, in the hypothetical scenario where I don't know what I'm doing. So I get this puppy and I go, oh, my God, this puppy's biting me everywhere. And I put this, you know, post on, on Facebook. And now I'm going to get a bunch of people telling me, hey, it is normal the puppy's going to mouth you. It's going to bite you. You have to let it bite you. Just deal with it. Let the puppy bite you everywhere because you're going to do protection work. And the last thing you want to do is correct the puppy because then it will not want to do protection work. So now I'm going to, to take this apart and I'm going to tell you why that's correct. And I'm also going to tell you why it's not always correct, okay? Because the other advice will be like, hold on a second. Um, there are certain things that you shouldn't allow, right? There, there are certain things that you need to be a little bit careful with, and that is that you don't want to let the puppy put their mouth on you. You don't want to let your dog, more specifically, you don't want to let your dog put their mouth on you. So that also has some aspects of that that is, that is right and that is not always right. So let's break that apart, Okay, so if the person tells you, let the puppy bite you, it's what you got it for, it's what it's going to do, it's what it was bred for, you're just going to have to deal with it. So here is why that is correct. This is a puppy, okay? I'm talking about seven, you know, eight weeks of age, ten weeks of age, you get this puppy and it has been bred genetically. It it is in its DNA. It this this dog is is wired to do bite work to use its mouth. Not only is it a herding breed. Okay, if that's the case, that type of dog that we're talking about. Not only, not only is it a herding breed, where you know movement makes it want to chase and grab. So you have that going for it, but it was also bred for bite work. That means its parents have very likely done some sort of bite work. And this has probably been happening for some generations. So now you got this puppy and this puppy is now biting you. Why is it biting you? It's not it's not saying, oh F you, I'm gonna dominate you at eight weeks of age and, and you're going to just now suffer my wrath. No, this puppy is just active it's just acting on impulse. This puppy is now just going off of genetics. It's just going, oh my God, it's moving. I have to bite. Right? That's what this puppy is doing. Now, why I would say 
that is acceptable, it's because that's correct. You don't want this puppy to go, oh, I'm not supposed to bite anything, right? Um, you don't want to go, screw you, slap, don't bite me. You don't necessarily want to do that. Now, hear me out because if you agree with me up to this point, you're, you're agreeing with me. But if you don't agree with me, you might be going, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. So hold on. Just let me finish this part right here before you check out. So yes, this puppy is going to bite you. It's acting on impulse. It is going to put its mouth on you. It, it's almost like it can't help it. Now, if you start to you know implement those boundaries right away and you go, don't bite me. You can bite this. Good. You can bite that. Good. You can't bite me. You can't bite this, that, and that. That you're not allowed to bite. You can put your mouth on this, this, and this, but you're not allowed to put your mouth on this, this, and me. Now, here's the thing with dogs. Remember, dogs, just like people, they also interpret things. If I tell you something, if I tell two people the same thing, two people will interpret it potentially two different ways. If two people experience the same thing, those two people will likely walk away from that experience with two different interpretations. So one dog, one puppy might go, got it. I completely understand. I'm not going to put my mouth on you. I'm going to put my mouth on this, this, and this. And you might have another individual that might go, oh, um, suddenly there is conflict related to me putting my mouth on things. Now, maybe putting my mouth on things, uh, biting things is maybe not the most desirable thing. Now, we're talking about individuals here. Regardless of temperament, we're talking about, I'm sorry, regardless of genetics, regardless of genealogy and, you know, what the parents did, we're talking about temperament. Right? Even within the same litter, you'll have very drastically different individuals. Where one dog will, you know, if you do the, hey, don't bite me, you know, we'll, we're going to set those boundaries clear right now. One individual will go, I got it. That makes sense to me. The other individual might go, I, I'm second guessing myself now. Remember, two different individuals are interpreting things differently. So you have to be aware of that taking place potentially. So here's what I do with that information. I go, you know what? I'm going to assume the puppy might make the wrong interpretation. So I'm not going to assume this puppy's going to figure it out right away. I'm just going to assume right away this is a young puppy. It's like a, a baby. Eight weeks of age is acting on impulse. I'm going to assume, one, I'm going to assume he's not trying to cross boundaries. <laughs> I'm going to assume he's not trying to dominate me. Okay, That's a very safe assumption to make when you get this puppy. Um, two, I also, I'm also going to assume that uh, you know if I decide to implement boundaries right away and go, do not bite me, I'm going to assume that the, this puppy could potentially make the wrong interpretation. So what I'm going to do with that information is I'm going to be very forgiving when the puppy puts his mouth on me. I'm going to be very forgiving when the puppy puts his mouth on things it's not supposed to. So if my puppy puts his mouth on on this very expensive um, tablecloth or couch, I'm, I'm going to take responsibility for that. And I'm going to say, I should have managed that puppy better versus me getting mad at the puppy and going, you know better. 
right? So I'm going to realize what I have. And what I have is it's I have a, a little puppy that was bred for, for, for bite work. It was bred for, it, it's a herding breed to begin with. And that it's a puppy. Remember, they're exploring the world with their mouth. They're young. The first 20 weeks of their lives are the most important 20 weeks of their life. Okay, the first 16 weeks, the first 16 to 20 weeks, roughly, that is the most critical stage in any dog's life. They're sponges. They're absorbing everything. And a lot of the experiences that they have in those first 20 weeks can be long lasting. So with a young puppy, I'm okay with them occasionally putting their mouth on me. And I take responsibility for that. And I go, you can't help yourself. I get it. I'm going to try to redirect it to something else, but 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 you know it's it's not a big deal to me. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to go, "No, don't bite me." Okay? So, that's where that advice of let the puppy bite you comes from. Cuz it makes sense. It is taking place in those first 20 weeks, those first 16 weeks. So, they are learning a lot and a lot of experiences can become long-lasting. And so if I really hammer the discipline and I really go, do not F and bite me on a puppy that is in that window of time, in that time frame. If I, if I go, do not, you will not bite me, period. And I do that in that window of time. This could potentially become an experience that is long lasting. Now, this may or may not affect your bite work later on because, again, it depends on how this individual interpreted that experience. So the message basically was, you know, I just got this this working dog puppy and I've been told that it's going to bite me. Okay, And I know... Uh, I know the person who submitted this is listening to this. So if, I, if I'm butchering some of the details, I'm sorry. Um, it's a great question. Uh, I don't have the question right in front of me, but I, I am uh, sort of, um, you know, addressing the main concern, even if I leave some details out. So basically the question or the concern is somewhere along the lines of, I just got this working dog puppy, and uh, and now I'm being told uh, that I should let it, that, that it is going to bite me and it's, that it's okay that it bites me and that I should let it bite me because it's going to do bite work. And on the same message, this person tells me, however, I did have another, you know, another dog. It was a Malinois. And, um, and, I, and I maybe, you know, didn't know. I was kind of new at, at it. So, you know, I didn't know any better. So I made it clear that you shouldn't bite me. And the dog does fine. So I made that boundary clear when this other dog was a puppy because I didn't know. And the pup, the dog is fine now. The dog does bite work with no issues. She's per- she's perfectly fine. So, why am I being told that that this puppy should bite me and that it is okay to bite me because you know it's going to do bite work? And here's why: when you made that boundary clear with your previous dog, your dog made the right interpretation. Okay. Your dog, your dog interpreted what you communicated. It interpreted it as, mom, 
That makes sense to me. I can't put my mouth on th- on certain things, just not on you. And it didn't affect this dog's training or behavior as the puppy progressed because that individual made the right interpretation. But can we guarantee that your next dog, your next puppy will make a similar interpretation? No, we can't because now you have another completely different individual. So the advice that you're being given on it's okay if this puppy bites you, it is going to bite you, and you should let it bite you because you're going to do bite work, that advice is not entirely wrong. It, it makes sense because, again, we're, we're not assuming that this puppy is going to make the proper interpretation. Okay? So now I'm going to go into the flip side of that. And the flip side of that is this. I don't buy, I don't believe that you should always let your puppy bite you, okay? And I know people who do that. I know people that, that uh, they're, they're very comfortable and very open and uh, very transparent about the fact that they will let their dogs bite them. And they're okay with it. And their, you know, their, um, their interpretation of that is, well, I don't want him to ever feel discouraged from biting. You know, he's going to be a personal protection dog. He's going to be a, 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 a dog that is going to do bite work. I want him to feel skin. I want him to feel comfortable bite, biting me. So even as the dog is like six months old, seven, eight months old, they're still allowing this biting behavior on them. Right now, with that, I don't agree with. This is my opinion, okay? This is my opinion, my interpretation, um, and my experience. That I don't allow with. I'm going to be very forgiving and very understanding of the fact that a 8-week-old, a 10-week-old puppy, heck, even a 12-week-old puppy is going to put its mouth on me. I understand that. But a 5-month-old, 6-month-old dog, you're not going to put your mouth on me. Because now we're going be we're going beyond the uh, you know the the exploratory biting. We're going beyond the the first sixteen weeks of the dog's life. We're going beyond that. Now you are pushing boundaries. And here is my thing too: if I set boundaries on a on a five month old or a six or eight month old dog to not put their mouth on me and that discourages that dog from biting and that prevents that dog from excelling in bite work then it wasn't me setting the boundaries that did that it was that I didn't have the the right dog to begin with okay think about this If, if you have to if you feel like discouraging biting on a not a, not on a young puppy but a you know basically a young adult if you feel like discouraging biting on that dog um, is going to inhibit inhibit it from biting in protection work okay then that that tells you you have the wrong dog now why people 
do this is because they go, you know, I let all my dogs bite me and, you know, they all bite me. And, you know, even when they're like eight months old, uh, I let them bite me and they turn out to be bangers. They turn out, they turn out to be like really good biting dogs. Then my argument would be they're really good biting dogs not because you let them bite you at eight months of age, but they're really good biting dogs because genetically they were selected to be the right biting dogs. Their temperament and their genetics were both a combination that allowed them to be good biting dogs. It was that. And that's the reason why they're good biting dogs, not because you let them cross boundaries, violate you, and and sink their teeth on you when they were six, eight months of age, five months of age. I hope that makes sense. Okay, there are two different things. So like when I have people go, oh my God, you know, my dog is still biting me. When do I stop this? Then my question is, how old is your dog? If the answer is, oh, he's eight weeks of age, 10 weeks of age, I'm going to give him a different answer. I'm going to go, hey, it's part of the process. Here's how you can manage this, but you have to understand that this is the type of animal you have. This is what's happening. This is the purpose you got this dog for. And I'm going to give you some coping uh, mechanisms, and I'm going to give you some ways to deal with this so that it doesn't inhibit the dog, but at the same time, you are, you know, not bleeding the entire time, okay? But we have to remember, we have an an eight-week-old puppy, a nine-week-old puppy, a 10-week-old puppy. But if they go, oh, you know, my dog is biting, she's constantly biting me, what do I do? And, you know, the answer to my question of how old is the dog, the answer is like, oh, she's six months old. Then I'm going to go, no, 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 no. we got to stop that. That's not that's not exploratory biting anymore, because at this point now you don't have a puppy. You know he's not just acting on on um, on. Uh, I'm new to the world and I just you know I, I just need to buy things. Now you can start implementing some of those rules, some of those boundaries, and let that dog know. Hey, no, you're you're not gonna put your teeth on me. And the thing is with puppy biting is the word puppy is even very broad. So when you say hey, your puppy should bite you it's fine because it's a puppy um then i mean what's a puppy a lot of people will call their one-year-old dogs a puppy and even though yes your one-year-old dog might have the mind of a puppy okay you're not you're not a puppy at that age anymore okay like really up to like four months of age you could say you're a puppy five months of age six months of age you're no longer a puppy and and yes, we we call them their puppies. We get it, you know. I, I do that too. Uh, I'll call a seven month old dog a puppy still. But in reality, we have to realize, you know, there's a there's a big difference between a seven week old puppy, uh, an eight week old puppy, and uh and an eight month old puppy. <laughs> big difference. So, don't be concerned with oh my god I, I was told not to you know not to discourage this biting because he's going to do bite work look if if you're having to be concerned about that with a dog that is 6 months old you just don't have the right dog okay implementing boundaries on a on a young adult provided that you do it tactfully i'm not saying 
you know, dominate your dog and and pin your dog on the ground and bite him and do any of this crazy shit. Nothing like that. But provided that you imp- implement boundaries in an appropriate way, that should not really inhibit your dog from doing bite work, okay? That leads, obviously, to a different topic where people go, obedience is bad because if you do obedience, your dog is not going to be a good working dog. Completely different topic. And I've touched on this as well in different episodes. We can certainly make an episode just about that uh, because there's, again, some truth to that, but there's also some uh, misinformation to that. It's not black and white. It's one of those things that is also some gray areas. So the big gray area with this topic is, again, um, biting can be acceptable from the puppy, but there's also some limits. There's also some age limits and some boundary limits. And imposing those boundaries will not affect your dog provided that you're doing it right and provided that you have the right dog so anyways we're going to wrap it up on that one just make sure you guys uh, like and subscribe if you're listening to this on youtube Uh, go to the facebook and instagram platform and make sure you follow me there go to amazon for my books it's william garrido g-a-r-r-i-d-o and go to dogtrainingismypassion.com to book some training with me or if you want to check out the membership access or the working dog course. I'll see you guys in the next episode.